Hello, listener. Does stuff happen to you? Stuff happen to us. Stuff happen to superheroes all the time. We're not going to talk about stuff. We're going to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Things that happen. Things that are unfortunately termed events. Mm-hmm. See, what we're going to go with is an Ian Bogost-style model where we define literally anything that could ever happen with a really unhelpful phrase like unit operations and then we're going to make sure that it's very important you understand exactly what we mean when we say that at all given points of time this is now your point to complain like you're an academic but yeah uh events which are not necessarily crossovers and they're also not necessarily short and they're also not necessarily long (laughs) yeah we we almost recorded a whole episode while talking about recording this episode, yeah, because um, just to so I, just pull back the curtain a little bit here, what we what we were originally raising out is the way we typically do these things is we decide how in general we feel about a thing. We spend the opening part of the show describing the idea itself, then we present examples that are against what we like, and then there we present examples that are for what we like. So we can go out on what we think is our strongest note and you know, be happy with what we were saying at the end. That means we can. Like, if we're really against something, we can save up that vial, or if we're really for something, we can make that a big explosion of fun. And in all seriousness, after all our discussion, and, you know, 20 minutes of just talking about this, we're not sure what events are. Okay, so, for me, an event in superhero narratives, in, you know, superhero settings, is a plot line that affects multiple books self-contained towards like a like a period of time it's not just a plot line it's a shit shit that happens over like a self and it has a name usually it's not just a story it's you know it's it's invasion it's crisis it's you know something wars there's always a fucking war yeah and it's multiple books uh multiple settings it these days usually also has a main book like one main book and multiple tie-ins that's not necessarily a short crossover between two characters or necessarily like something that's important. Cause like this shit where one person will save the whole universe and you might get a panel or two of somebody watching it, but that's not like event, you know? Civil War is an event. All the crises are an event. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Reign of the Monster Men in most recent years in Batman books was an event. Uh, what's it? Uh, Age of Apocalypse was an event. Uh, Onslaught, and what was the thing that happened out of Onslaught again called? Thunderbolts. I mean, uh. <laughs> there was a thing. Heroic Age. Yeah, there, uh, there was a thing. Because. Something like that. Because here's the related point of this. Neither of us have given a shit about them. Eh, I've developed like a, an anti-event, like a version. I, if a thing, an event happens, I run. Yeah. It might So when I say they're bad, this is not even necessarily a statement on the quality of the writing or the art or the acting or whatever the hell's going on. I just don't like them. Because they, they show up and they fuck up my stuff. I'm doing one thing, and here comes the event's dick, just to smash things. Mm, mm. So, uh, it, we, we are generally in favor of the idea of um, you consume comics your own way. Like, if you want to get into comics, grab a comic, see if you like it, and it should point you in the direction of what you want more of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a fairly healthy approach, which means you get a lot less weirdo gatekeeping of, no, the, you need to know this, you need to know about this. It's just approach it at your own pace. And 
as a process of just our own natural engagement with superhero comics. Events events are the things that drive us actively away from them. Like through through many years of participation, I keep thinking about event scale stories for me, and I've realized that most of what I would be getting out of events I'm getting out of entirely self-contained other comic book stories. Mm-hmm. So you're, you've got your Crisis on Infinite Earths and that kind of narrative. I would point to Irredeemable. Say, read that. It's all self-contained. It doesn't involve messing up any other stories. It's just its own thing. And it's, and it's good. It's really good. And there's very clear and deliberate parallels to existing storytelling. So it's not even like it's losing that much by being its own story. Because it's all reimagining some yeah. things you can recognize. Um, and mean, you know, that means that just as a kind of a natural immune system, neither of us are that big on what an event even means, but we'll try. Right. Cause you were citing a few things that I wouldn't yeah. qualify as an event and do you have, what would you, what was your like classification in this case be? So, uh, my, for a capital E event. So my, my definition, my definition, what the, where the hell did that come from? My definition Gross on the record and everything, like people can hear it. Well, I can edit it out, but I'm not going to. Um, None of us can smell it, at least. My my conceptual idea for an event, like to separate it as a category, is that an event needs to be something large scale enough that it would impact all all the stories that happen in the same universe, either because of the presence or absence of its effect. So. Onslaught's a really good example because Onslaught, and this is like back in 1999 or 2001, uh, Onslaught shows up, hex everything up, and then the Fantastic Four are missing, and the X-Men are mostly missing, and then you suddenly got this, every other comic is now cast in the light of, well, Onslaught just happened. Even even if they aren't necessarily comics that have a good reason to do anything that relates to that, even if they're comics that aren't bothered by that, like um, the, the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer doesn't specifically care about any of the comings and goings of the mutants uh, in the X-Men, but stories about the Silver Surfer just after the um, X-Men did often start with him at least offhandedly mentioning, well, there was that onslaught incident that recently just happened. So that's what I think of as an event being for. Like, this is a point in the continuity that every story would have an opinion on, even if they mm-hmm. don't do anything with it. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and, and then you get the the weird thing with like um the crisis events which are definitely events and in universe they kind of deliberately don't actually interact with the story they're all reset points they're all things that, like with the very few exceptions we love you power girl uh characters don't know it don't actually know after a crisis that a crisis even happened yeah that's but it does change the writing of like yeah it did change details. Like things you read. Oh, here's one. Okay, death of Superman. Yeah, that right. that is probably right there. One of the biggest events of the 20th century in comics. <laughs> it was funny. I wouldn't classify that as an event, despite the fact that it took place over multiple Superman books. Right? Yeah, but every and the thing is, my classification of what an event unit of story is for would consider the death of Superman that because every DC story gave a uh, hoot about what had happened to Superman, because it was the yeah, news. It, it, it fucked up, um, it fucked up Hal Jordan real bad. <laughs> real bad. And it gave us, for a brief glimmer of time, Black Superman. But not really. <laughs> oh, oh, don't be silly. 
Yeah. Was he the one that turned out to be evil? No. What? Oh, wow. Wow. No, still. Why you do that, man? Still stuck around. He turned out to be Shaq, though. Oh, that's right. That was, that was Steel. Oh, my goodness. Because I remember that there were four, um, Superman replacements. And this is, this is an example of the kind of thing you could do in an event. You, you bump off Superman and then you have four replacements, each one of which is playing on a different nickname for Superman. And I, I literally forgot that one of them was Steel. I just remembered that there was, a, a a black guy in that mix and i briefly was wondering is that like the one who was secretly an android and evil but no no that was the eradicator well no also uh cyborg superman who yeah anyway but <laughs> <laughs> wow damn i'm impressed that steve i'm i am both disappointed impressed and unsurprised that steel did not leave enough of an impact for you on you <laughs> you didn't remember that i've seen his movie <laughs> You, you got to remember, at that point, I was still in the cult. I know. The best thing about Steel was, like, in the comics, like, he was, um, he had been, like, randomly saved by Superman at some point in the past. Just, I'm a guy. Yeah. And during the Doomsday fight, he gets, like, stuck under some rubble. And after it's all over, he bursts out, I'll come and help you, Superman! I'm like, uh, 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 John, uh, uh, he, he dead. He dead, man. Oh, uh-huh, rough. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> extremely rough. So, so that's, and the thing is, they didn't make Death of Superman into what we would consider an event as a comic book thing, because as Clay said, they kind of need their own book, they need a title, and then they intersect a whole bunch of other books. Now, in the context of, um, comic book storytelling and the nature of editorial oversight and authorial discipline, things that I care about a great deal, um, you would think that these events would be some of the most tightly edited, uh, intensely focused storytelling you could get your grubby little paws on because you kind of have to make sure everything is actually correct and, like, all the continuity is working because you're not just interacting with one big story, but your one big story is interacting with all these other secondary stories and people who aren't reading the event still need to be able to keep track of what's going on in their secondary story unless you want to alienate a reader. So everything that happens in your event has to enrich the story of the individual comic and also not contradict anything in it. Now... A lot of that doesn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) That usually doesn't fucking happen. And this is, again, why I don't go with them almost entirely is because... There's one, and I'm kind of floating around it, but... (laughs) that one it's still going yeah oh. dude dude i i like carol danvers <laughs> hey she still gets books man there, there is no there is no penance great enough to fix having been important to a civil war story in uh in marvel <laughs> like it, it does not matter what like i can think okay so i can think of like one other good event comic and I'm not even sure if you would consider it an event. Uh, mm. World War Hulk. Oh, for sure. That's an event. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay, so we can agree that there is at least one event that we both agree is an event and that I like. Okay. <laughs> and, I... and part of why I like it is because it basically spends its time dragging the entirety of Civil War around behind it by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> World War Hulk did, did, like, kick in the door of a book I enjoyed. Uh, Heroes for Hire, uh, you know, Missy Knight and Colleen Wing and Black Cat oh. and Tarantula and, uh, Humbug. <laughs> yeah, he talks to bugs. Oh. And, 
And then he went to the Savage how, Land, right? How happy... If you're Humbug, how happy are you that you're in the team that includes Misty Knight and Black Cat? Not very, because like, he used to be a villain, and they just kind of, like, bully him into cooperating. But, and but, also- but my point is, like, your power is you can talk to bugs. Misty Knight's power <laughs> is she's Misty Knight, and Black Cat is capable of hanging around at Spider-Man's level. And your power is I talk to bugs, and they still want to hang out with you. I'm just saying, that's, you know, that's going to be good for the self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh no, he had lots of self-esteem problems. <laughs> right, you. And Board War Hulk did not help them. Because you remember the um Meek, the the bug dude, that Hulk rolled with, yep. and he also had yeah. he also had a um a fucking a brood queen. Mm. Yeah. And you know how they're bugs, and he his like bug powers got super like upgraded at some point when he went to the Savage Land and like communicated with primordial bugs. No, I guess yeah. that's how it goes. They fucked him up bad. <laughs> he got brutified, so... So, yeah, the... the... So Shang-Chi killed him. He snapped his neck. <laughs> I remember seeing that Iron Fist was hanging around with Doctor Strange, which I didn't remember when, when, I, when I first read uh, World War Hulk. But you got Iron Fist hanging around Doctor Strange, and I'm just imagining, what are you there for? Are you, are you there to mop up the blood? Is that your thing, Danny? Do you really want to see Doctor Strange get messed up? Well... The real talk, like, I, um, Doctor Strange always hung out with, like, a kung fu dude. So that's kind of an, he had, like, a kung fu butler, so it's kind of an upgrade. <laughs> that's what Wong was! He's basically Kato. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there are layers at work here. <laughs> you know, hey, did you think that maybe the Doctor Strange story might be a bit, like, Kind of racist. Intensely orientalist. Yes. Well, now he has a Kung Fu butler. He's always uh, had a Kung Fu butler. And his name was Wong. And in the movies, yeah, and in the movies he was played by a guy named Wong. I think it was BD oh, Wong. something. Point is, that an event is... I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that an event is primarily a marketing device to try and sell a comic. Uh, and its importance and potential as a story tends to be secondary. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that, like, the, the writer's individual, like, books have to salvage, you know? Yeah, and that's that's kind of the thing about World War Hulk that I really like. It almost feels, at its core, like World War Hulk is a gigantic salvage attempt. Yeah, it was very much a, hey, we, like, see, I don't actually remember the, because I wasn't super big in the Hulk at the time. I don't Neither know the context either. of, like, Hulk's narrative immediately preceding planet hulk right i don't know either. i don't know because like planet hulk was great i love planet hulk i actually I had the nagging feeling in the back of my mind that hulk had been kind of like dormant as a comic book prior to that point like the last big thing he'd done was brawl with deadpool which you know that's not that big a deal like, okay so this was right before civil war and they sent him away so this is before before that what was he doing was that like a was that situation someone editorial coming in and said, hey, we're sending Hulk to space now? Because I think it was a pitch by the writer of Hulk at the time. So the the version of the narrative I have, and this can work as an example of how I understand these things get made, is they started on Civil War and then first issues started coming out and people's reaction was, well, I can't wait to see what Hulk does in this story. Which led to the writers going, um, we need a box to stick Hulk in because he'll ruin everything we wanted to do with this story 
like all the fights of who will win and who's on what side kind of go out the window when you remember that one of the sides has a Hulk. I, mm, and that led I to them quarantining Hulk, and that's where Planet Hulk came from, and his return became World War Hulk. I, I actually don't know the time frame. Let's see. Yeah, like I, I was told like, I can sh- that yeah. I was told that the whole thing of World War Hulk was effectively a retcon. That they were saying, "Oh, this is why Hulk didn't show up during Civil War. They didn't have the answer beforehand." Oh no! Like Planet Hulk was going on like during Civil War. I know that for sure. Mm. So like him coming back was just a reasonable like yeah eventually he's going to come back uh but again even knowing like the publication dates doesn't give us yeah uh, the like time frame of the planning i mean planning a lot of this shit is clearly not planned but even then like uh but yeah no like that was enjoyable again it's also enjoyable because like fuck what immediately proceed no yeah Planet Hulk came out, like, a couple of months before Civil War. So I can see them... Honestly, I can see those things just happening, like, tangentially. Like, someone else was wanting to do something else with the Hulk. And then uh, Mark Millar shows up and decides he wants to kick in some doors. Yeah. And, and bear in mind, as you can see, at no point do we have this very clear idea of, like, oh no, the vision was for this. Mm. And, and the nature of comic book storytelling tends to be that you have writers, usually underpaid writers, who are being assigned uh, a space where they need to fill out a certain amount of you know stuff within a context of a time frame, and they need to get it in, and they need to get it no, in no. time. Stuff, stuff, and and all of that stuff gets put together, and the bulk. This is why the bulk of comic books are bad. Not not because not because anyone involved is bad, but just because a lot of what comic book writing happens is just we need stuff. And so writers will come up with stuff on their own and they will, they will have ideas and they will, you know, try things. And sometimes these get these amazingly cool, tight stories because they finally got a platform to give an idea a direction or sometimes they're saving themselves from a problem or there's a whole bunch of different reasons good stories happen. But on average, stories usually happen because someone's trying something within a framework that they already have. And the more loose that framework, the more stuff they can try, so the more odds you have of getting something good. Events take that idea of that sort of looseness, that space to play, and clamp down tight. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we need this many issues, we need this many scenes, we need this many appearances of this character. You can use this character between these two issues, but not after them. It, it's The funny thing about that is you have... Like, Marvel these days is doing really heavy, like, event-based writing. Mm. And, you know, there's billions of, like, you know, piles and hours and minutes and decibels or whatever you want to call of content of people saying, please stop doing this. Because, like, uh, event writing is, like, event-based writing is a, like, it's a thing you can only do with, like, a shared universe in superhero comics. And it's also a great way to, like, you know, like highlight the cracks and the very concept because off top you have you know the g- g- general limitations of all these different writers who want to be doing their own things and the minute they're forced to like shut in one direction you see where that doesn't work and like you said even the practical limitations like even if you took this idea to a different medium like for fuck's sake like imagine just i don't know how but imagine the idea of like event-based book um like game writing let's say you have multiple games 
that are all individual stories. Yes. And let's let, let us assume this exists. Oh, okay, excuse me. I was talking about like let's go. Let's go, smart ass. What saying, you got? I, I'm just saying I don't want to tell you about all my projects. This isn't a podcast for that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. Jeez. I'm sorry, I thought you were about to tell me some shit I didn't know about magic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh Magic the Gathering is in a weird place where uh, they basically have to build a new world for almost every set, and they mm. do this twice a year. <laughs> so that's, you know, kind of an interesting degree of work. Yeah. Uh, but it's but not like, the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't cross over with Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dungeons and & Dragons and, yeah. other, and fucking Hearthstone and other... It's, mm. it's an individual thing doing its own thing. Mm. Well, this is, this is one of the reasons why we get these... Uh, like, a comic book universe, despite what you may tell you, isn't actually a whole bunch of similar stories all existing in the same space. A lot of these stories are wildly different and have, like, completely different moral and conceptual frameworks. Like, there's a reason why Green Lantern and Green Arrow, despite the fact that the two of them are really not in the same league, like, powers-wise, had a very successful comic book because they were basically two people with incredibly different worldviews and whose stories had two incredibly different values able to find places they could coexist and create an interesting story. On the set side, like, I actually like... Is that an event? What, me liking things? (laughs) Well, (laughs) It's unusual. (laughs) I do like, 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 interconnected sort of events, like family events, like Bat Family events or X-Men events. Yeah. Or... Uh, Shadowland wasn't good, but I think there were good ideas in it. You know, the, uh, the Marvel Street crossover event. Yeah. <sighs> Damnation seems cool. It's still, I mean, obviously I'm extremely biased, but some cool ideas are there. Mm. There's some odd picks, but yeah. I'll tell you how Damnation turns out once it finishes. Mm. <laughs> in, in the case of the, uh, to, to use the TV shows for this kind of metaphor, I would actually consider the Defenders is almost a event because all the other series are like thirteen and twenty six episodes, and the Defenders is eight. That's the weirdest thing about Defenders, right? Because the way Defenders was sort of advertised to us, it was supposed to be like Avengers, and when you think about it, Avengers kind of feels more like an event than yeah the team story it wants to promote to you. Yeah, because yeah. everything stops for a minute and they do the thing. As opposed to the way those sorts of stories are supposed to work, which is you're doing your own thing and then also you're doing Avengers stuff on the side. Instead, we do your own thing for years and then once every three years you come to Avengers thing. Like Infinity War yep. is going to be an event, right? What and- is it? Wakanda 2 is people calling it already? <laughs> but even, uh, even the fucking, like, excuse me, the whole, that's again, that's a mediums problem, right? Where, we're meant to understand that Iron Man is still doing Iron Man stuff off camera. Yeah. And it... <sighs> until Iron... Un- until, sorry, until Civil War, which kind of puts a kibosh on that. But And that's well, that's an example. Of, and this is the thing. This is interconnected continuity. This isn't the same thing as an event. The movies, like every single Marvel movie is an event because they're all quarter of a billion dollar tent poles made by Disney to try and get every single person in the world who still leaves the house to watch a movie to get into a movie theater. Well, is that the trick with that too, right? Because of the fact that those movies are constructed in that way, like, okay, 
the Avengers is frequently like the whole Avengers, like Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe is framed as like similar to comic books and that there are multiple stories going on simultaneously, yada, yada, yada. But when you really yeah. think about it, Disney did not make three Iron Man movies, two Captain America movies, and three Storm movies, and then two Avengers movies. They made, what, 14 Avengers movies with different main characters? Like, all of those movies, like, lead into each other in a way that comic book superhero stories don't. Yeah, they're, but that's because like, they're well edited. <laughs> what I mean is Superman is its own thing. Batman is its own thing. Justice League is its own thing. And they don't have to build up to each other or they don't have to connect in the way that like cinematic universe stuff does. And you see that on the TV shows. Uh you see that on like the DC TV shows and the Marvel TV shows that aren't on Netflix where they're just doing their own thing and they don't have to set something up for someone else. And if they cross over, well, that's fun. You know, that's a good time, but that's not the main thrust of anything. That's five episodes once a year and then they go off and do their own thing. And Defenders and, and Avengers are billed as being a team up thing, but they're really events, mm. right? And I think that's part of the, part of the weirdness here in that events as comic books do them don't reasonably translate to other mediums like the idea of yeah we're gonna do one big like civil war civil war changed the context for all the other marvel superhero movies going forward even if you never saw civil war it's gonna have an impact on avengers 2 and you're not gonna need to watch it to get up to speed but there's gonna be a reward if you do um you know civil war has set a whole bunch of rules and that's you know that's fine but because the movies are spaced out the way they are, as opposed to every month you're getting a new comic, or really you're getting two or three comics, um, and they're all kind of weaving together, it gets you this very different um, kind of like story play space, where in a lot of ways an event is an attempt to make you buy stuff you wouldn't, in a way that like normal advertising isn't. It's, it's mm-hmm. an ad disguised as content. <laughs> Yeah, and again, that's when you get in that situation where you weren't planning on that. You had a story, and here comes, you know, Johnny who gives a fuck, and he says, no, we're we're in the war. You have to fight in the war. I I was fighting a war against Satan over here. No? Mm. (laughs) And the thing is, like, where does does a miniseries sort of thing come in, right? Because, like, that is having me a good time. These are all yeah, this- really difficult, like boundaries to define, and I think that's part part of the part of the lack of clear identity to what an actual event is for and what it does is, I think, a big part of the problem. Like we can look at them very cynically, and we can tell you know this is what they do, this is why they do them, this is how they get made, but we we can't really clearly ourselves express oh this is the identity of an uh, of an event because this is what an event wants to be like they don't actually have an identity beyond where the thing that you do to make more money let's let's get into that right so let's okay this is one thing that depending on the nature of the event can be good and that is is a jumping on point for new readers right if you come in and you say all right after this everything is going to be like that right 
Crises are good for that, right? The mm. first Crisis on Infinite Earth gave a whole generation of people a jumping on point, right? I mean, that's where you get books like Year One and Man of Steel, where they're like, no, we're gonna fucking jump, pop it off, and you're gonna get, you know, a DC you can jump into. So, what would in a, let's say any particular event has a actual purpose. Like, let's say, this is still like making you buy things sort of conversation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's a real rough thing because the very model of how comic books are made is, first things first, comic books are themselves meant to be cheap, disposable media for kids, and they're meant to sell the kids a thing that's full of ads that will also <laughs> get the kid buying stuff. Like, that's the whole origin point of this model, and all that's really happened since then is they've very slowly been raising the prices and the targeted age range they're going for. So they're still mostly about ads and mm -hmm. they're still just using a different set of psychological tools to get you to open them up. It's why, you know, events live in the same space as the not a dream, not an alternate story. Lois and Lo Lois and Superman are totally getting married to the bat, to the bat pink <laughs> this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all stunt based shit, right? Yeah. Like and the, an event is basically saying, look how big a wheelie we can pop. We can get, a whole new book and every other content, every other chunk of our continuity to get involved in this nonsense. Okay, so let's say you're actually, you are head editor, uh, editor in chief, chief executive officer, whatever, and you wanna, I think they're called chief creative officers, you are, like, because you're in that industry and events is how you do things, mm -hmm. you're like, well, we're gonna have to do one. Yep. What purposes would you in that position want it to serve? Okay, so, this is, this is an interesting puzzle, alright? Um, and I'm gonna need to, like, lay out just some postulates here, because I, I have views on good writing. So, and I'm, I mean, these are, this. these are anathematical to how comics actually get made. Like, I'm, a lot of these assumptions would effectively mean that I have such a huge amount of sway that I can effectively bully anyone I want. Alright? Um, so I'm gonna assume I'm with Marvel. <laughs> because that means I'm at, so this means, this means, um, I can instead, do a major restructure, like a big event. What we're going to do is we're going to accept the fact that comics as an industry are not as directly profitable as they could be, but superheroes as a brand exercise are. So at this point, comics individually, uh, we're going to have like a, a little like indie house of comics within the context of my, you know, oversee, uh, which are going to be given to marginalized queer um, well, just, just generally not conventional comics people. And it's going to be like a really significant quantity of the total lineup, like 20%. And those books do not have to turn profit at all. Mm -hmm. And the event is the big reshuffle where we move all of, where, where I sit down with these marginalized creators and I say, all right, what do you, let's say I, let's, and, and this is the thing, I wouldn't just be going, all right, we're going to throw this to that person. We're going to, we're, we're going to give Black Panther to Ta-Nehisi Coates because he's black and Black Panther is black and that's easy. You, no, you give Ta-Nehisi Coates Black Panther because he's really good at it. Um, but the point is that, like, that, that kind of, like, overall structure, you, you approach the creatives ahead of time, you say, all right, give me a treatment for your thing, the thing you want to be doing. And then, you find out what you've got, what you what they want to work on, and then mm. you structure. You look at those pieces, and you try and find an event that lets you do a major reshuffle for all of those things to just be like the break point of like, okay, here 
here and now is where we start going in this new direction. Like, that's something I think I would use an event to do. Not, mm-hmm. not just, um, like, obviously, this is effectively me inserting my own politics into, like, the hiring structure of things. Of Like, you know, hey, let's get more people who aren't just like me in these positions. But the event would be done to signal as a big, clear, deliberate action. These things happen. This is, this is important. You should tune in to check this stuff out. Get mm. a big pop, not just inside comics media, but in the outside media. Um, and then use that event traction to push forward, especially with the argument that we are spending mouse money to effectively do forward marketing. Yeah. So <laughs> if nobody but seven year old black girls buy Moon Girl, doesn't matter. Like that comic has been signed on for this time. The author has been signed on for this time. We're going to keep going up to that point. We're not going to start dropping and relaunching titles endlessly the way they currently do. I have heard that these days Marvel's treats every... I'm not... I'm assuming when they say that they don't mean every book, because fucking Spider-Man doesn't get treated like that, but they treat every book like a miniseries and then have an option to renew. So books aren't getting cancelled so much as finishing. Yeah. That would also and I would make those, fit into I would their... Make, like, at this point, we're now talking, like, how would you run Marvel? And the answer to that is I would run it as a lot more of a benevolent business than it currently is. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, a, like, again, we're talking, what is the narrative purpose of an event? And then what is the, like, business editorial purpose of an event? Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I guess, in a similar situation, if you're talking to me, I, I guess you'd answer my own damn question, right? Yeah, go for it. Um, Like, off top... I probably wouldn't write an event, like an event. Mm-hmm. Get everybody in the room, the whole team, you know. I'd actually pay some of my writers who can't come out because they have kids to get... That was a fucking thing. I remember reading yeah. some story where some woman was like, I have kids, I can't come to the writer's retreat. And they're like, oh, well, too bad. Pay that person, fuck you. Anyway, yeah. I get all the people together and we'd say, okay, here's what's going to happen. Y'all got a year. Y'all need to get all your big name people back to what everybody wants. Not with a big whoosh thing. Just write it naturally to where people who were, you know, controversially dead are back, you know, relationships that are, get everything back to what people want. And then the event, you know, we'd spend the time they're doing that to plan out the event. The event is, let's say, three, maybe, like, graphic novel-sized books. And that's the only thing we put out that month. January hits. Like, everything? Like, every single lot? No, no, no. Just three books. No line. Three books. <laughs> Three trades. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. I mean, my Each idea was pie in the sky anyway. And, like, the month before, we just used, I would say, okay, you've gotten every, all your pieces back in place. Come up with a reason for them to take a break. To go away for a bit. Yeah. Doesn't matter what. Different reasons. It's not a big plot thing. It's just we need, what we need is a narrative reason for everybody to come back to be reintroduced so that I could just write you know the team could just write three books that reintroduce any new readers to these characters you know and all I have to do is suit back up team back up maybe some new teams first meet each other and have their first little mission and it's just a bunch of like five six page stories of each book so it's almost like a sampler platter of your entire universe and Mm -hmm. everybody knows where to go Every new reader says, I'll just buy those three books. And you sell them at like rebirth prices. Rebirth, when it came out, was like a $6, like I want to say one and a half size, maybe three 
times the size of a normal book, like monthly book. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why it succeeded, because you're like, what's this rebirth about? It's almost a trade. I'll pick that up. It's also cheaper than it should be. I'll do that. That's three issues. And you, and it tells you, hey, here's some stuff to look out for. Here's what the new Titans is going to be. Here's what the new Batman is going to be. The new Green Arrow. Just a little, little taste. Mm-hmm. And then the event, it's just some really, like, basic shit. Like, oh no, aliens attacking. Okay. And this is a plot that requires all of the Bat family and all of the cosmic, you know, everyone has to contribute one little part, you know? This person finds the device. That person, you know, destabilizes it. This person, just all of that together to the big finale, big dumb splash page. Everybody's punching. You know, we all win. And then they go home. And next month, you reader, pick one of these five-page stories you like. Go buy it. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, we're still not discussing story. Indeed. (laughs) I think we both just kind of signaled that story of events is really unimportant. It really isn't. Like, a lot of why I don't like events has jack shit to do with anything that necessarily happened in them. Mm. Uh, Hawkeye shot the Hulk in Civil War 2 because he thought the Hulk was going to turn into a monster. So he shot him in the head. Mm. Hulk's back now. Well, he's not wrong. But... (laughs) Like, in the long term, he wasn't wrong. Exactly! If they had built that up, they had done something with that, if that was an important plot point in the Hawkeye book, in the Hulk book, and it finally popped off, I'd be like, okay, it happened in a fucking book that only came out that year. Mm -hmm. Happened in Civil War. Alright? And now if you're writing Hawkeye, you have to deal with that shit. And and the weirdest thing was like, Bruce Banner's story had already been resolved at that point. He had cured himself of the Hulk, and he had went away. And we had Amadeus Cho. So it was like, okay, so then why are we killing Bruce Banner? <laughs> so I I actually now, um, I think that this is a good way to, to bring this back to the movie talk. I actually think one thing that the Avengers movie did really well was the actual structure of it as a story is a really good example of how you should do an event. Because... Avengers, the movie, is basically a gigantic victory lap for its own existence. Mm-hmm. It is one 90-minute festival of, holy shit, we managed to make this exist. And it, it even goes so far as to frame it so, like, the thing that the villain wants to do, like, the ultimate achievement of the villain that they want to aim for in this isn't the invasion of New York, because that's a force that, you know, was was kind of already on its way it's keeping our heroes from coming together it's preventing the movie itself from happening and that means that the structure of the story pushes you to want the team to come together for this big glorious moment the sweeping circle shot and the moment where you forget there's only one girl in this whole thing holy shit anyway (laughs) and they even kill off a beloved character in that in that movie to make it go like, well, he believed that you would all come together. And that's the thing. An event doesn't need to be Tony versus Captain Marvel in a punching fight over a mutant who can see the fucking future. It can be, here are all your favorite heroes being dope and doing dope things and fighting something that they wouldn't otherwise have the scope to deal with. Yeah. Which but indeed then, is what World War Hulk is. Uh, Even the people who that. lose to Hulk in World War Hulk look cool doing it. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> I think the fact- Real talk, yeah. the best part about Wonderful Hulk to me was when Ghost, obviously me, when Ghost Rider shows up, they're like, they're like, oh thank god, Ghost Rider, do the penance stare. And he goes, nah, this is all appropriate. Y'all deserve this. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> what, one of my favorite points about World War Hulk is the, I can't remember who it is, I think it's Doc Strange, says something like, uh, I can't get through to Banner, and the end, I, I want to say it's, it's, um, Danny standing next to him and goes, no, you can get through to Banner. And they don't ever expand on what that means, but what it, un, the under, understated undercurrent of that is, no, Banner is just as pissed at you as the Hulk is. <laughs> like, this is not a case where Banner and the Hulk are at war with one another and you've got to decide, you, you've got to find a way to get through to Banner. Like, no, the second you got through to Banner, he'd be like, no, talk to the big guy. <laughs> he's, he's forming a complete, he's, he's a, He's in there. He's completely, like, sapient. He's like, nah, we agree. We, we, I'm making decisions. I'm not just randomly smashing. I'm smashing you. I came here with an army. I, I, Angry Hawk don't come nowhere with no armies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is, and, and, and that's part of what makes that so great. Um, I, one of my favorite points of that is also the, the extensive way, um, Hulk explains how he's dealing with Wolverine. I don't remember that. I, mean, I can't kill you, but I can make you useless. Whack, whack, whack. It, it's the thing, though, right? This is weird, but, like, if an event is just everybody getting together, in what way is that different than, like, a team-up book or a crossover book? Or even just, like, an A-team type of book? Production yeah. values, scale, scope. Again, the Avengers have saved the universe just as Avengers books plenty of times. Like, that's a scale thing, right? It... And I do, that's why I kind of, I enjoy the idea of like inter-family or inter-community crossover like events in theory, because I feel like that's the best way to do it, where like everybody already has stake in like personal stake in the events at play, because it's real easy to do like a quarter of the owls type situation where it's like, oh no, everybody's attacking Gotham. So everybody related to that has a reason to get involved and their story has a reason to stop. At least for a little while. Whereas, you know, I've been in a, <laughs> like, it's like, it's just saying that, and then I go, well, yeah, but everybody lives on Earth, so fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, everybody has a reason to want to fight Starro when he shows up to Earth. Yeah. And, and that was one of the side effects of the, of, um, I guess it's the, the funny thing is, when comics were being made originally, the world was actually a lot bigger in in general context. The idea that you could communicate instantaneously with someone across the other side of the planet was nonsensical. It, it wasn't convenient. It wasn't easy. And so, in the same way that Batman has been heavily affected by the advancing uh, real world that he's meant to be part of, uh, I think that the way that... The, like, it used to be that Galactus could show up and the only perspective we got on that was Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy was the, was the Fantastic Four <laughs> showing up outside their building and looking up at one dude who's standing there on the horizon, big enough that they can talk to him. Uh, and and we don't get a shot of like fucking Venezuela, where there's just these two giant feet sticking up in the sky, <laughs> and like all the Venezuelan superheroes being like, "Okay, do we tickle them? Do, what 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 are we doing here? What's our plan?" <laughs> Oh god! Oh god! You've never seen fucking Akiba Ranger, but all I'm thinking of is a point where like the, the end sign comes and they go attack the end, and I'm just imagining like the heroes in Japan seeing Galactus <laughs> attack his end, <laughs> right up his ass. 
But no, I, that is the thing too, right? Like, again, that's the, like, the cracks in the, like, the universe. It's like, hey, why did the Hulk show up to X, right? And you can say, oh, he's in space. Fine. But like, you can't keep doing that, right? But then you also kind of want to, like, you know, I, I liked Iron Fist because he went to fucking Kunlun. It's like, I'm not in that. I'm over here. Yeah. In, in Kunlun. So it's like, not my problem. I went away. Yeah. Hulk went to space. Those are both great stories because they had, they actively avoided the event at the time. And the problem is you can't even do that anymore, right? And again, that's when like small, like focused events work for me. Cause like, yeah, sure, Superman might go to Gotham. But if you have like an, a Gotham event and it takes like a, like a week or a day, right? What was he gonna, like by the time he gets there, it has resolved one way or another. Um, uh, fucking No Man's Land. No Man's Land was weird because it was a combination of multiple things. Like four or five storylines story led to No Man's Land. You know? Yeah. And so like, I don't know, I don't know if it's an event, but like, it feels like one. Like, you know, Gotham City gets turned into fucking Mad Max. That feels like an event. Yeah. <laughs> And, and in comic books, one of the other things you get with, um, just as things scale up, like as you start saving the world, uh, the degree to which you can repair things becomes tied into the scope of the problem. So you start getting people messing with time as a way to undo the problem that happened, or you get people saying, I'm going to go to an alternate universe to solve the problem that happened. And you just keep getting bigger and bigger solutions to really dumb problems, and they start getting dumber and dumber as far as solutions go all of which mm-hmm. kind of just collapses in on itself and that's why dc periodically has a crisis because they want to try and like clear out the editorial craft because that's yeah. that's actual in in terms of like writing that's technical load a writer in the dc universe cannot simply step up and say hey uh i want to tell this story about this character that i'll need this kind of MacGuffin and there's someone on deck who can say, okay, we have that MacGuffin, it's in that box, you can use these characters to reference it, uh, that character's been overexposed lately, so use this other character for it. That doesn't exist. It, mm. It's it's supposed to, but it doesn't really, it's mostly driven by uh, needs of marketing. This is why you get these oddball, one-off instances of things. Um, I, I want to say Grant Morrison actually is that human who has 10,000 different internal references to every other, you know, comic book and and can do that in his own head but Mm. he's not that common and if you want to know what a crossover driven by someone who's primarily trying to do cute connective tissue and point out the way things are related to one another you wind up getting countdown (laughs) you have some feel i don't even fucking remember well final crisis is also kind of dumb and weird but like i don't remember much about countdown so uh, you can rock with that if you want to help the people all right, so here is your basic rundown of Countdown. Yeah. They, it's basically a pileup. <laughs> like, there's a plot, of, it's like 12 different plots that all want to be, like, the important thing the story is about, and they're mm. all thrown at you at once. And you're left with this feeling of, like, oh, is this going to be the one that becomes important? Is this going to be the one that becomes important? And the nature of these stories is the thing that happens right at the end is the one you assume is the most important thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you don't fight the boss and then fight his two lieutenants. You fight the two lieutenants and then you fight the boss. That's just good structure. 
And what that means is that Countdown, if you really shake it out, the big thing at the end of it all is Mary Marvel goes evil thanks to Darkseid. <laughs> and then she beats a whole, pe- whole bunch of people up as a physical threat. And, and um, you know, she's, she's just creepily dressed and creepily re- uh, drawn and it's all very uncomfortable. But the rest of the story effectively doesn't, really connect to that in any way they're all just red herrings to keep you distracted so there's things like monitors who are secretly evil and there's um uh there, there's actually a plot where you know the you know the pied piper like the obscure mm-hmm. villain the pied piper yeah yeah he blows up apocalypse yeah, the whole hell. planet <laughs> yeah and and the thing is the thing that makes that truly amazing is that it doesn't matter it, it doesn't effing matter <laughs> That's now, that's the kind of story what, Countdown is. This is also why I say, like, fucking the actual... <sighs> this is, again, like, the New Gods conversation to have. Yeah. But... Jimmy Olsen gets the power of all the New Gods. <laughs> eh, it's weird, because, like, 52, man, 52 had me feeling things. And, like, mm. that, that spun out of 52. And we were talking about how, like, is 52 an event? And, like... Yes and no, I guess, the more I think about it. Like, I kind of disagreed with you, but, like, it is a multi-book event, and, like, the things that happen in it, like, it doesn't have crossovers in that way, like, it doesn't have tie-ins, but it does Mm. feel like an event. And I did like 52. I also, like, hated 52, because, like I said, it made me feel things, but, like, (laughs) (laughs) but that that, that's a good thing. (laughs) Still mad about Osiris, goddammit. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, uh, Countdown also features Superboy Prime, except he's Superman Prime because of legal issues. Is it? Is it? Because I feel like we had a Superboy at that time. Yeah, you did. They couldn't yeah. put him in there. No, no, no. No, he was in Teen Titans. Sometime around one of the... Cr- Wasn't he? Am I fucking up here? You are. No, because he... No, because he, that Superboy fought Superboy Prime. It was a big deal. He was like, oh, you're fake. I'm the real Superboy and yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to like backflip over all this furniture to go get the book, but I have that. <laughs> in Countdown, he's he's claiming that he's now Superman Prime. He's got an all-black yeah. costume and he still has internal dialogue like a 15-year-old. Or rather, he has internal dialogue of what a 45-year-old man thinks a 15-year-old has, which is to say he sounds like he's nine. Well, this it's where we like- get, I'll kill you to death. That's that's where that line is from. Yeah, and this is this is post. This is pre time punch, and it. I think it's no, no, it's post time punch because time punch he was young. Yeah, no, and and time punch was infinite crisis, if I remember. And final crisis ended up being. I feel like wasn't final crisis kind of unrelated to everything surrounding it. Like oh, and by the way, this right here. According to the DC Universe, according to the storytelling that they have chosen to put forward, we are talking about the, realistically speaking, in the past 20 years, the 10 most important stories they've got, right? We, avowed nerds connected to these universes who do care about at least getting the broad strokes of these stories right, can't. And, and I mean, I was, I was rereading a synopsis of Countdown two hours ago, and I'm still having trouble with this. This is horseshit. Well, I mean, you know, Flashpoint, so, like, none of it really matters. And I... Yeah. Well, and and even though... Like, here's, a, here's a funny thing, right? So, Rebirth 
will claim to have folded in a lot of at least post-crisis stuff. You think they're actually gonna like go, yeah, Final Crisis. We love those things. No. Hundred <laughs> percent bet you they're like, no. They only folded in the things you liked. What things did you like? I don't know. Take this Twitter poll and tell us. <laughs> and then we'll kill Jason Todd again. Just for no reason. <laughs> Anytime they do a poll, they just kill Jason Todd off <laughs> off principle. Yeah. And and it also features... Sorry, I, just a minor thing that pisses me off about um, Countdown is that's where we get Retod. Huh? We get Donna Prince saying... Referring to uh, Jason Todd as retard. All right, no, 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 no. I see where this story goes. That, that's, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just. <laughs> I. It. It's terrible. Yeah. Like it's one of those impressively multi-layered failures because you kind of like not only is it the kind of language you shouldn't be using, it's inappropriate in that instance, and it's inappropriate for that character, and it's not funny. And then he still, and then the writer has. <coughs> the writer has Robin go, hey, good one, Donna. <laughs> yeah. It's a Matryoshka doll of ugh. And by the way, if you're, you, the listener, are about to tell us that in fact it's not a Matryoshka doll, it's a different type of Russian nesting doll, do not at me. You knew what I was referencing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the thing, with you they're about so, they're so the soulless. They don't, like, even the idea of an event doesn't have an actual meaningful identity i don't know i i feel like like i said there's a way to make it work and i'm sure there is there's a way there is definitely a way to make them work i'm not trying to throw the entire concept out i'm just saying that right now it's it's even hard to talk about yeah It it really it really does feel like one of those things it's like you know what it is it's like it's like porn and art where like you know what it is when you're looking at it and the way <laughs> it's kind of really what it is it's just fucking like crossover porn type shit where it's like hey look at all this stuff together and like that's not that's not fair to porn real talk <laughs> mm. it it because you want to like the i mean that's kind of the whole like it, again it's like it's the culmination of everything that's supposed to be cool about the idea of a superhero universe where you can get everybody together and they can contribute to a single story and it can mean something it's like I mean, but will it really in the end? Like, and do you actually want that when you're stepped outside of it? Because it very does feel like the sort of thing where you think you want it until you have it. Because you think you want all the superheroes connected and all the plot lines to connect and all of this and all of that. But, like, not, not really. What you, what you really just want at the end of the day is to see Superman and Batman together doing a thing. And like, that's cool. And that's a really nice picture. Here's the other part of this. How do you define meaningful? How do you define matters? Because overwhelmingly in these stories, they do the things that we think of as mattering, but there's a lot of slavish devotion to the conception of continuity as quality in comic book fandom. Whereas where anyone sensible, like you or I, enlightened intellectuals, know full well that 99% of continuity is pointless garbage. There is no reason at all to know that Superman has the power super weaving. Because when you pick up a Superman comic book, all you're going to see is 
Superman and you know the general shape of what a Superman story is so you're going to see a story that's about Superman and if it's a good story you're going to have a good time and it doesn't super duper matter how many other comics connect at this point but when we talk about events and seeing all those characters together and see if it really matters and you want to see your character doing a thing that matters what does matter what because almost always it means won a fight or killed someone like those are the two things that get dealt with that like really quote-unquote matter in crossover and event structure or 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 changed sides i guess is the third one but get married yeah that's rare but it happens maybe have a kid like you know adult things that that's rare and i find that's actually that's one of the things i really hate about it like i i kind of now am reflecting on one of the more embarrassing elements of my own life which is i have to some degree a reputation as being like a good listener and you know he's a guy you can talk to and i'm really reluctant to say that aloud so don't you know don't trust that but the point is that I will sometimes be giving people advice, like emotional advice about how to handle this situation. And I know full well, in my heart of hearts, that I am quoting dual lyrics. <laughs> because it's a, it's a better metaphor than I could have come up with on my own. And by the way, she doesn't know what they mean. It's not like, it's not like she's being useful, but I've recontextualized them these ideas like consider consider the two characters who don't normally interact who maybe have a unique insight into one another's situation sitting down and having a serious conversation about how they approach problems or how they conceive of power could matter more than any of the stuff that gets done and reset forever in um in in storytelling terms of Mm. of the event you know, oh, Captain Marvel killed Tony Stark, and that's actually like a big deal. It's it's really not. It's <sighs> sorry. Now I'm just sad about Carol. <laughs> like, has, hey man, has, maybe that movie will be good. <laughs> there aren't many Marvel characters who have been so aggressively misused that I still like. <laughs> I think Mystique's the only other one. Uh, Mystique's was pretty good in that. Uh, well, I think she was pretty good in that. Uh, Wolverines. With S book. Okay. I haven't read that one yet. Uh, I'd recommend it to you. But, like, as far as big old fuck-ups go, in, in like, editorial oversight and storytelling, Carol's had a lot of them. It- I keep wanting to come back. And, again, hey, if anybody listens and they want to make some suggestions of, like, a legit good event, or even just to talk to me about what they think events should be handled, please let me know. Because right now, I can't- think of any of them that are worth the damn time like at the end of the day they're the only reason i even have feelings about them is because they kick in my doors and so i say well Mm. i guess i better fucking you know look at it or read the synopsis or at very least read the book that crossovers with my book hell you know what hmm? i i just realized part of the problem is that when you think of an event it needs a certain scope right Hmm. an event could like Consider Arrow, where the best thing about Arrow as a TV series in the first season was the idea that the conspiracy stopped him from just, you know, going to the authorities and, like, just dealing with it in a big way, in, in, in the sensible way. Mm. If an event was built around a conspiracy, you might actually have something, you know? <sighs> this actually brings to, to mind the other question, which just ties into the whole fucking, you know, is Death of Superman an event? 
and you know you'd say yes and i wouldn't disagree with you but like mm. now i wonder what about the clone conspiracy because a from what i've gleaned i don't think it's actually much of a conspiracy no but like the idea of a, like a secret event like it's an event and it's what like secret wars like an, <laughs> you know what <laughs> a lot of people i've heard argue that like the original secret wars was probably the best and i would argue against that but whatever the best handling of an event because it's they walk into a portal on like issue five of their book and then they walk out of the portal in issue six of their book, and maybe some things have changed. And then you could just read Secret Wars, right? <laughs> it, like, Mar- Spider-Man goes into the portal, or gets zapped away, or forget the details. The Beyonder takes him on, you know, one issue of his book. And he comes out the other end, the next issue, wearing the black costume. And you're like, well, why is he wearing a black costume? Why indeed, reader? Go read Secret Wars. Okay. <laughs> Like, I don't know. See, that's the thing. That's a hard, like, jerk if you were not in for that. You know? I don't know if that's good event because, on the one hand, it's not this long, plotting, unpleasant thing that takes up your space for months the way a lot of them do. We're like, no, we're crossing over with blank war for the next four months. It's, hey, uh. you know, one and done, but, like, your shit still got changed just the same, right? It, yeah. It, the end result was the same. It, mm. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. This this is the thing. We still don't really have a satisfactory definition for this or a way to separate it from crossovers or its purpose. And yeah. that's kind of okay. Because for all that we do have all the answers all the time, because we're right, <laughs> that doesn't mean that we can necessarily communicate it to you. Because um, yeah. the yeah. divine vessel can only contain so much wisdom at a time. It's Again, it's like... On the lesser end of porn, where you'll know it when you see it. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, um, we were planning on uh, on consulting with Corey about this, and oh. after the credits, uh, <laughs> I'll attach the MP3 that we were sent, which is 16 hours of screaming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was from the Rooftops, a podcast about superheroes. Uh, as always, that was Clay. <laughs> that was Stella. Uh, tune in next time when we're going to exhaustively run down all the times that Blade has interacted with another continuity in a way that will indicate that Archie Andrews is probably a vampire. I almost had something! <laughs>